Kaleem that she talked about is from Pakistan. He's the one that's going to be with us on Wednesday night. He was a Muslim, and uh, he was fine in Pakistan. But he got saved. He got born again, turned his life over to Jesus Christ. And ever since then, he's been in dire danger. They've tried to kill him several times in Pakistan. He's now here in America, and he talks like there is tremendous persecution going on here in the United States, more than people really realize. Well, we know the church has been persecuted by the world and certainly by uh, the enemy, and, uh, but there's just a lot of persecution. So he'll be with us on Wednesday night. He, as I said, from Pakistan, and I believe that you will thoroughly enjoy his ministry. Kaleem is his name, and uh, he is going to be with us. Also, uh, this game show that Carol and I are going to be on is going to be over at Lakewood, the old Lakewood, and it's, it seats 600 people. There's going to be 600 people there. There's going to be a Hollywood MC there that's going to... Uh, you ever heard of the... Did you ever see the newlywed game? The newlywed game? Well, that's, that's just like what it's going to be. Uh, Carol and I, are we going to be in that? And so you're invited to get a ticket and, and certainly to come out and support us and to, and to laugh a lot. You know, that's, it's, it's, we're going to enjoy it. The lady that's setting us up is out of Raleigh, out of a church there, and she was wanting to better the family. And uh, this is just one of the techniques that she's using to do that. Thank you, Christy. We are in dire need of nursery workers. Would you stand with me? Every, I'm, I'm, I hate to keep you standing, but would you stand with me one more time? Everyone stand. I want you to pray earnestly or agree with me earnestly as we pray. Father, you said ask and we shall receive. And we know this church is, is in a need of nursery workers. Speak to hearts today. Those that are here, those perhaps that are not here. We need someone to help take care of the baby. Someone reliable, certainly someone that will care and, and spend time. And, and uh, we just pray that some way you would, would speak to our hearts today for some of the ladies uh, to, that they'll just believe you. And take on that responsibility periodically. Lord, it's not just to be in there every Sunday, but uh, to rotate. We pray that you would grant that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And I have never heard that song sung any better. I, I have never heard you sing any better than you did this morning. Thoroughly enjoyed the song. Uh, we now have a permanent drummer. And... Uh, he is good. He is good. Uh, we appreciate Ryan, and, and I don't know, I, I can't believe he plays that good this soon. And as most of you know, so where are the people at? Well, they're at NC State, they're at Appalachian, they're up in the mountains. Some are probably still in bed. I don't know where they all are, but uh, we're just glad that you got up and came to church today. If you do not have an outline of the sermon, I want you to have one. Please do that, if you will. And uh, raise your hand, and we'll make sure that you get an outline of the sermon the title of the sermon today is The Authority 
of the believer. The authority of the believer. We have, if you'll notice, an introduction. And then we have the uh, four uh, outlines. And, and it's it just some powerful truths. And I want you to, to, to listen to us. And, and I pray that God will speak to our hearts as well as our, our ears. And we can certainly understand what the Lord is saying with us today. Read with me, if you will. Look at your paper, and let's read the introduction. Jesus did not leave behind a powerless church. Can I get one amen? Let me say it again. Jesus did not leave behind a powerless church. The church has power. The church has ability. And it's up to the church to choose to be obedient. You see, Jesus Christ is the head of the church. We are the body. We are the arms and the hands and the fingers and the feet. And it's up to us to get the job done. The head don't do it. He directs. He gives power. When he ascended back to heaven, to the contrary, notice, he imparted divine authority to those who follow him along with the Holy Spirit power to accomplish great things for him on this earth. Every, every Christian, every disciple of Christ has authority in this world. However, many believers either do not realize that they have this authority or they simply do not operate in it. It's important. I want to skip down to Roman numeral number four and look with me, if you will, as uh, Tony Evans describes uh, and uses an example of the difference between authority and power. Well, let me read, let me read Luke 9 and 1. Stay with me. Luke 9 and 1 says, Luke 9 and 1 says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And you say, what's the difference in power and authority? Tony Evans gives a great example at uh, number two under Roman numeral number four. Authority versus power. In a football game, the players tower over the referees. The players are bigger, stronger, and more powerful than the older, smaller, and often... <laughs> out of shape referees in a game the players can use their power to knock you down but the referees can use their authority to put you out of the game never confuse power with authority and the reason I wanted to do that is because the devil has power but the devil does not have authority Wow, that's big time. The devil has authority, but a power, but he does not have authority. Look at the source of our authority today. Jesus has been given all authority, Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all, say all, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Wow. 
That's, that, that's you and I. So Jesus has been given this authority. Jesus is in a position of authority. Look at Ephesians. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his, what? Mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Wow. I got to where I love even more than I ever have God's holy word. And I encourage you to read his word and read it with several translations. If you do not have the amplified translation, get that amplified. Of course, you can go online, Biblegate, and just pull it right up. Any, any translation you'd like to read. Read God's word. But that is a powerful <clears throat> few verses here in the first chapter of the book of Ephesians. All authority and power is found in the name of Jesus Christ. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, also, therefore God also has highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him the name which is above every name. I'm going to get to this a little bit later on. Jesus was a common name during biblical times. Sometimes it's a common name now. Jesus or Jesus. Jesus. And that's the reason I believe often, listen to this, in the scripture, whether it was John or Peter or who, they would say, I adjure you or I command you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Not just any Jesus, but Jesus of Nazareth, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and those of those in heaven, and of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. I mean, you can mention the name of Jesus today in our culture, and people almost cringe. They don't want to hear all that. You can talk about God. You can talk about a higher power. You mentioned the name of Jesus and people. Wow. Because that's the name that the devil don't like. And he trembles at the name of Jesus of Nazareth. On the cross. I love this. Look at number four. Jesus Christ deactivated, dismantled, and disarmed Satan's rule over sin and death. Colossians. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him. Who? You and I. We've been made alive together with him, having forgiven you most trespasses. Huh? All trespasses. And when the devil tries to parade your sins and your shortcomings and what you did 10 years ago, you tell him to go take a hike 
because Jesus has forgiven me, forgiven us of all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that has, was against us. It says the penalty of sin and trespasses is death, but Jesus came and he wiped them out, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. I thought there'd be two or three shouting by now. That's just powerful stuff. He took my sins, your sins. He took our trespasses, our shortcomings. And he nailed them all to the cross, having disarmed, disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. It is the cross. Don't forget, that's where it comes from. Don't forget when Jesus hung on the cross and gave himself and spoke from that cross seven times. He was crucified. He was nailed there for my and your sins. Sins be gone. Hallelujah. I'm glad today that Jesus Christ has done that for us. Because believers are in Christ, authority is given to them. Not only did Jesus have authority, but the believer has authority. He lives his or her life as a disciple of Christ. And that Romans 9, 10 and 9, most of us knows that, or we know that rather, we, have been, we need to be born again. We need to be changed. Jesus Christ needs to be the Lord of our life. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creature. God give us some new creatures. Give us people that will say, hey, I've been changed. Something spectacular and wonderful and sovereign happened in my life when Jesus Christ came in. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Given us authority. Given us authority. The ministry of reconciliation. So a believer who lives his or her life in Christ, authority comes from an intimate, ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you listening? Authority comes from my and your relationship. Let's have authority without, without knowing Jesus Christ and having an ongoing relationship with him. Jesus gave you his authority. And I just read it, Luke, just read it. Into our here, nine and one, he gave us, but Luke 10, 19. Did I miss putting that in? I missed, I missed it. I, I need that read, Brother Matt, if you don't mind, you have it there. Luke 10, 19, uh, he'll read it in just a moment. Jesus gave you his authority. Did you, listen to this, listen to this. The same authority, the same authority that everybody's looking and I guess I, I need to wait until all this stops. <clears throat> Are we okay, James? Okay, okay, thank you. Jesus 
gave us his authority. I want you to listen as Brother Matt reads Luke 10, 19. Is that just to the preacher? No. Is that just to the leaders in the church? No. Every believer has been given that authority. And you say, well, I don't know about but What did it say? Does God lie? Is his word a liar? No. No. He has given the church authority. Jesus expects you to use the power in his name to do his work here on earth. Let me tell you, you can't do his work without his power. You can't do his work without his God-given authority. It must, it must, it must be. Mark, look at what Mark says. And these signs will follow the pastor. Huh? And these signs shall follow the deacon, the elders. It doesn't say that. It says these signs shall follow those who believe. Are you a believer? Let me see how many believers are in there. Come on, everybody. You know, you're a believer. You're a believer. Then that signs are supposed to follow you. Oh, hallelujah. If the church can ever grasp this, if we can ever grasp the fact, I don't care how young, listen to me, young folks. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care. If you are a believer, you trust God, you have a relationship with him, you have authority over the devil. The devil may have power to slap you around or something, but you can say, whoa. Barney Fife could stand in the middle of a road and an 18-wheeler could be coming down the road and he could stick out his hand and that big, powerful 18-wheeler would have to stop. You see, the, the, the officer has, a, he has, he has authority. Now, a guy big as much larger than him may come up to him and threaten him. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. This right here gives me authority. And you can tell the devil to take a hike. You can tell the devil God's given you authority. 16, let me read it again. They will take up, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And that not, that's not talking about live sermons. That's talking about the evil spirits of the, of the enemy. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they might recover. You're listening. Students, you're listening. You are well alert today. They will recover. They will recover. I don't care. Then we got positional. Now this is something my wife drilled into me this week. Don, she didn't tell me to put it in there, but she, she talks to me and she helps me a lot. Satan has no authority or power over the one who is aligned under the covering of the risen and exalted Savior. This is why Satan will try to hinder you and stop you from abiding in Jesus Christ. This is why he does not want you to have an ongoing relationship with him. That's the reason, listen, 
I, I, I just believe it's important for us to, 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 to work. We don't have to work to get to heaven, but we've got to do things. If we're going to have this kind of spiritual authority, I believe that's the reason it's important to go to church. Amen. It's important to fellowship God's people. It's important to pray. I love Friday night. I love being able to come and pray and, and position myself and every Friday night. See, that's what you're doing when you pray extra, when you go pray in your closet or your private place or wherever you pray. Spend time praying before the Lord. And that what you're doing when you pray and read your Bible and fellowship God's people and attend church, when you do those things, you are aligning yourself with the presence and the power and the anointing of God. It's important. An abiding relationship with Christ is a must. We must abide and remain under the, the authority and uh, certainly under the, the, the lordship, that's what we're lordship of Jesus Christ. Is he Lord? Is he Lord? It's very, very important. Now, I want you to look at with me with, for, with, with, at some practical truths. A key for the use by all, to use by all believers in exercising faith. Authority. Look with me at Acts. Read it with me. This is some great scripture. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, which was at three o'clock in the afternoon, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried by whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing, look at it, he's seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, now, what are you doing, Peter? It says he's looking at you. He says, look on us. Other words, look with faith. Look believing. Look on us. Oh, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have, I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. That is sacrilegious in some people's book. Because they don't believe you have it. Now you don't have it without Christ. And you're not to walk out with your chest out and say, boy, I've got it. No, that's not what it is. But God, Christ, left us here to minister. And Peter didn't pray a prayer. In fact, a lot of times healings took place when no one prayed. I think the praying should be in the private in, in the closet. I think the praying should be uh, in the prayer room. I think the praying should be at the, beside of the bed at your house. I think you should pray. Yes, prayer certainly does this, but you don't have to pray a prayer. Jesus spoke often without praying a prayer. Peter did not pray 
a prayer. He said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And there's where it's at. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Not just Jesus, but in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. That is a great example for you and I as church members, as believers, as men and women with authority. That, that's a great example. You need to read that, read that text over and over again and read it with several translations because it's, it's so important that we follow the example of God's word in using this abiding, powerful authority that God has given to us. Authority versus power. I just read that into you here. Now, I was studying this, and I ran across this word, and I ran across it with, with, it was applicable to this message that I'm preaching, and the word is accountability. Accountability. Look at what I have. Accountability. Without accountability, there is no authority. Without accountability, there is no authority. Accountability empowers authority by establishing unity. Our accountability comes from the Father through Jesus Christ. Our accountability is to the Holy Spirit in obedience to God's word. And our unity with one another is through the blood of Jesus Christ. We're not going to operate as a long ranger. Now don't get me wrong. I believe that we can step out there by ourselves without the preacher, without the church, or anybody being around. I believe that we have the power. I believe that God's given us the authority, and we can do those things that God has called us to do. But it's very important that we be unified with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father. And it's very important that we be under authority through some ministry on this earth. Now I know that goes contrary to a lot of people. It is very important that we operate in unity. God has called us to do these things. There must be accountability to spiritual authority. And I'm under that authority. I'm under the authority. You're under authority. We're under authority. I'm under, under, under authority of this board, of this, this church. I can't go out here and just spend the money I want to. You're under authority of the leadership of this church. And I know that's a, that's a foreign concept with our culture today. I'm not going to do what anybody says. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to walk lockstep with somebody. We have Authority because we work together in unity. We work together. Demons, look at number four. Demons understand authority. Look at verse 15 or 19 of Acts. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? This is a great story if you'd read that 19th chapter of the book of Acts. But it's, it's, it's these seven Sons of Sceva. Sceva was a priest. 
And these sons of Sceva had seen people going around, Paul and others going around casting out demons. And uh, hey, that looks great. I think I'm going to try that. So to get a hold of this guy, uh, and they start trying to cast a demon out of him. Come out! Come out! What is your name? <laughs> I, I, I see, listen, I've seen that done over the years, and I, I, I've seen it not work, but yet I've seen it work when you're obeying Christ and you're under the authority and, uh, and obeying God with the authority. And that person spoke. Now, I've cast out demons before, and the person spoke. Their voice changed, and uh, a lot of things go on there. And, and it's important to have the authority when you begin to... Uh, Carol's daddy used to say, don't stir up more demons than you can cast out. You know, you, you just want to make sure. But you should not... Listen to this. Listen to this. Don't ever be afraid of the devil. Don't ever be afraid of demons because you have the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your life and they can't cross the bloodline. They can't handle the blood. So these seven sons of Sceva started praying and all of a sudden he opened his eyes and said, listen, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? Demons recognizes authority. I believe that God is moving in these last days. I really, really do. I think God is doing some wonderful things. I think we need to see the manifestation of the Lord even more than we see it today. And that's what we're praying for and believing God. We need to see that manifestation. When the doctors told me I had four-stage cancer, it, I was devastated. I was carried to the hospital in emergency at Duke, and I was in severe, extreme I don't know how many doctors came in that day. Uh, there was at least three, four, or five doctors there, plus all the nurses. The room kept filling up with people because I was about to die. I hurt so bad. Teresa came in. Teresa, our secretary, came in. And I, I was screaming. I, I wasn't just laying there. I was screaming. I was in so much pain. And uh, all the doctors had left. The last thing they said they were going to do to me was put on a colostomy bag on me. He walks out. The nurses walk out. There's nobody there but Teresa Carroll and myself. Through my pain, I looked to the left and she was sitting. Teresa was sitting on my left. And all of a sudden, she stood up. And when she stood up, I knew it. She stood up with authority. She rebuked that pain in my body. And from that day, now listen, they rolled me out, carried me to a room, and the pain kept subsiding. And the pain went totally away. From that day, from that day to this, I've never had that pain again. I knew she had authority. Carol knew she had authority. 
The devil knew. He, that disease knew she had authority. And she spoke it. She prayed for me. And God miraculously that day healed me. Now every time it, not, it may not be a miracle. It may be just a gradual healing. And I've had those too. By the way, I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. I'm okay. But there's a lot of ingredients that goes into I'm doing good. I want you to know that. I won't take time to say it today. But God has given us this authority. Last Friday, Ricky Jones called me. And uh, he wanted me, if I would, to get the elders of the church, bring some oil, and pray over his wife, Lori. Lori has uh, cancer. Uh, pancreas, forget it. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Pancreatic cancer. Larry Smith... Matt Fisher and myself went. We carried the oil with us. We did what the Bible says. And uh, during that time, Harry and Linda came in, and we had camp meeting. We sang. We prayed. And there was no question. See, the glory of the Lord in Hebrew is, is weighty or heavy. That's what that word means, Glory. I talked about this morning the three dimensions of the revelation of God's Holy Spirit in the life group. And this manifestation is, is a powerful, powerful move of the Holy Spirit of God. And the glory of the Lord was in that room. The it was a, sort of like a heaviness there. Not a, not a bad heaviness, but a good, wonderful manifestation. We prayed for Lori, and uh, we trust God. You say, Brother Don, does God heal everyone? No. I don't understand all that. But our trust is in God. It's not whether I'm healed or whether I'm not healed. There's a story in the Bible of three Hebrew men that were brought before Nebuchadnezzar because they would not bow to his idol. They were Jewish. They served the Jehovah God. And though they were commanded, commanded by the king to bow before this image, this God, they would not. They came to, they were brought to Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar said, listen, I'm going to give you another chance. This time you better bow or you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And they said to him, O king, I think they honored him. Uh, we are not going to bow to this image. We're not going to pay homage to any other God but our God, Jehovah. Now God can, here's what they said. Now, God can deliver us from the fiery furnace. But even though he does not, whether he delivers us or does not deliver us, we are not going to bow. We're going to serve Jehovah. Now, that's where the church must be today. 
My faith is not in whether God gives me a million dollars or God gives me a nice house or I can pray and God gives me a comfortable job with a good environment. My faith is not whether God heals my mother or whoever or whatever. My faith is in God and I'm going to trust him no matter. And these men say, we're going to trust God. They had no promise that God was going to intervene for them. And so they bound them up, all three, and they threw them into the fiery furnace. Well, wicked Nebuchadnezzar later on looks into the furnace and he makes this statement. He said, did we not cast three men bound into the furnace? And they said, yeah. He said, behold, I see four men walking around unbound and the form of that fourth man is like the son of God now that's when you go from the omnipresence of the abiding presence unto the manifested presence he was manifesting himself in that fiery furnace hallelujah and he does it over and over and over and over again. It's when the church meets that condition. It's when the church positions itself in Bible reading, in prayer, in dedication, in commitment, in living a pure life, sanctified before God. You say, Brother Don, that's all works. Let me tell you. I don't have to work to get to heaven. I'm going to heaven, period, because I accepted Jesus Christ and he's on. Not because I live a, a good life, and I do believe we'll live a, a, a different, sanctified life, but, I'm going to, but I won't have all of these extra things. I can't have the power of God. I can't have the authority of God unless I align myself, unless I position myself for it. Matt and Ann's two boys are at State University. Major studies. Engineering. I can't even hardly pronounce the word engineering, let alone think what it's about and what you do with it. Engineering. They want to step out of that school into society and they want to engineer whatever position, whatever vocation they go into. But they're not going to just go from high school and go out and say, oh, I'm, I'm an engineer. They got to position themselves to be an engineer. You and I have to position ourselves to be in the will of God, the presence of God. Uh, I want the word of God to be active in our lives. I want the word of God to be active in our lives. Do you, want, do you want the Shekinah glory? You want the glory? To, did you know that the glory of the Lord was so strong? Was so strong on the temple that, they, that the priest could not even minister? Did you know the manifested power of God was in that bush when Moses saw it? 
Do you know the power God demonstrated himself itself when the Red Sea was parted? Do you know the power of God was manifested when Jesus walked on the water? Do you know the power of God was manifested when on the day of Pentecost the Holy Ghost fell and you could see tongues of fire? Glory, hallelujah. Do you know the power of God was manifested when Peter and John said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have given to thee, arise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he went leaping and jumping, leaping and jumping and praising God. I mean, the power of God was manifested. God wants to manifest his power in you. Come, man. Come, team. Father, we love you today. We thank you for the promise of your word. God, there's no way that we can see done what needs to be done in these latter days right before the coming of your son Jesus Christ without the authority that you've given unto me. God I thank you for that authority. I thank you because you've given it to every believer. May we all purpose in our hearts to position ourselves for the use of this authority. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus was crucified. He died on the cross. While there, he went to hell. And the devil had the keys, and Jesus said, Okay, Lucifer, give them up. You see, keys represents authority. I got a key. I got a master key to this church. So does the staff. And I can take that master key. I can open up any door in this key, in this church, with this master key. And when Jesus wrestled the keys away from Satan, he took those keys. And when he rose again, he handed those keys to the disciples. And he said, use them. Use them. Not just to Peter, James, and John, Andrew, but to every believer. He says, take these keys of authority. The devil don't have authority over you. Don't you let, listen, the only way he can, de, he can de, de, de destroy you or hurt you is deceive you with lies. That's his tool. That's, that's his weapon. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know how you feel. You know, he can lie and lie and lie. But if you give in to feelings, if you give in to the world, if you give in to Satan, you won't, you won't use the authority. But if you take those keys, if you stand up, like Teresa did that day at Duke Hospital, say in Jesus' name. I've been over a man one night and I started praying for him to get the faith was operating. I said, 
you're coming out. He said, I'm not coming out. He used all kinds, not his voice, not the man's voice, but another voice. He said, I'm not coming out. I said, yes, you are. And as we prayed with that individual, all of a sudden, the power of God moved. Of course, I, I knew he was coming out, this demon, this, this active demon. I knew he was coming because God had given me authority. He's given you authority. He's given you authority over drugs and alcohol. I don't understand all things. That I don't know why sometimes things don't happen, but that don't change God. That don't change His Word. And that shouldn't change and stop you from being obedient to God. Sing it, brother man. Hallelujah. Would you step out in the aisle next to you? Come stand around the altar. Can we be desperate for the Lord this morning? Can we invite His Holy Spirit to be manifested in our lives, in our heart, in our church, in our homes, in our community? Lord, that's what we pray, that Your Holy Spirit will manifest in hearts, sons and daughters, moms and dads, husbands and wives. Manifest Your power, Lord. God, we want to experience it. God, we believe no matter we don't have to see you, feel you, but God, it's wonderful when you begin to manifest your presence through healing, through salvation, through deliverance. God, we believe it this morning and we stand in your presence. Our hearts reach out. Our voices cry out. We're desperate for you. God, I'm desperate. This is the air I breathe. Come on. Oh, God, I'm desperate.